0: Please listen carefully.
1: And now, live from the zoo in Carrollton, Texas, it's the Assuming Positions Podcast featuring two guys with knives taped to their hands Kevin and Mikey.
2: everybody, welcome to the Assuming Positions podcast. Kevin over here. And Mikey over here. And tonight, oh man, it's so much fun. And I say tonight because it's a fight night. Tonight is Not Scott's Eight Slice Fight Night. Woo! And we can't do Not Scott's Eight Slice Fight Night without Not Scott. So Not Scott is here. Good to be with you. And our announcer, that guy Brad is here. Hey guys. So what is Not Scott's Eight Slice Fight Night? Well, you know, we like to do eight slice extravaganzas where we pick things that we love that are eight slices. Absolutely. And just to get you a little inside knowledge into our brain, (laughs) not Scott wanted to get on the action because one thing that he loves, movie fights.
0: The fight scene. That's right. The
2: fight scene in movies, shows, whatever, any kind of fight scene, even just guys who get angry at a bar. Scott's up for it.
0: (laughs) I will often watch a movie I know is bad if I hear it has good fight scenes. I mean, let's face it. It's the whole reason Jason Statham has a career.
3: (laughs) (laughs) He's a good transporter. Don't tell him short like that. But I'm with you.
0: I'm with you. Yes, Jason Statham. While we will not be spotlighting any of Jason Statham's work tonight, I thought it might be fun to uh, take a stroll through some of my favorite fight scenes, mm-hmm. talk about why they're my favorites, because I do consider myself somewhat of a student of the fight scene. Does that sound arrogant? I don't know. Not at all. Now, let me be clear. We're talking about nothing but Jason Statham fights tonight? <laughs> Oh, we could do a whole podcast on Jason Statham's, but tonight, no. I think we've got a sampling from multiple genres and multiple different uh, types of fights that, quite frankly, I like to watch that I tend to find myself going back and rewatching again and again. That makes way more sense than the Jason mm-hmm. Statham fights. Mm-hmm. That's right. So I thought we might start off with uh, one of my favorite genres, mm-hmm. the. Let's say it together. Giant, giant fighting, fighting robots. Robot. Anyone that's uh, ever hung out with me knows that I love a good giant fighting robot scene. He call has it the clothing to match. Call it my...
1: What,
2: my, what does that even I don't mean? know.
0: They're giant pants. Maybe <laughs>
1: giant shirts. I'm not sure. Well,
0: that's good. We're, he's, we're big pants people. Yeah. We are big-pants people. Speaking of the kind of pants that you need to drive a giant robot, oh, here we go. you can't talk about giant fighting robots without talking about 2013's Guillermo del Toro-directed absolute classic Pacific Rim. He uh, he really redefined exactly what giant fighting robot movies can be in here, the CGI. Hey,
1: you mix them with kaiju.
2: Kaiju, is that how you say yeah,
1: it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, to that extent was... Uh, is Big Tex a kaiju? <laughs> no, he's
0: not what a kaiju.
1: What about those guys? Big in front Tex of the is, shops? Anything if,
0: is a mecca, if anything. That's true. Oh, okay. He is.
1: All right. That's fair. Kaiju's
0: are like monsters that could have sure. a human inside the suit. Are you pitching- Godzilla was the original Kaiju. I really hope there's are you, no giant human are you like or small a human inside. Giant Brad, Big Tex.
2: Brad, are you uh, pitching uh, the first Assuming Productions B-movie? Oh, it like, would be so uh, good. Big, big Tex Mecca? It would Ooh, be so Can I good. be the pilot? The podcast is how a lot of time folks.
1: There. Yeah.
3: Kevin already nailed the title. Big Tex Mecca. Like, That's right. That writes itself.
1: <laughs> Big
2: Tex Mecca. I think. Can you the do that? Kai- a Kaiju attacks Dallas and Big yeah. Tex has to take him out. Oh, hey, I am there for that fight <laughs> scene. Write us into
1: the royalties if anybody steals this
0: idea. No, you, you can't. Here copyright first.
2: Assuming Productions LLC. <laughs> you cannot take it.
0: Cannot yeah. take it. That's right. Well, getting back to uh, Pacific Rim. And again, on this list, we're going to try to zero out specific fight scenes. And what I'm talking about is the battle for Hong Kong. It is one of the big climaxes. Uh, I believe the specific kaiju is named Leatherback. Yep. It's so great. It's everything a giant fighting robot boss fight should be. Uh, He grabs shipping containers and uses them as loaded fists. He's got thruster elbows. He's got swords. It goes into outer space. They get
1: to move their legs in those weird little walkie things in the
0: cockpit. Are we ready
1: for that? I mean, I've been aching for it. yeah that's really so, the problem i have with this show there
0: has been a lot of different ways to control giant fighting robots but you however have a particular problem with how mr del toro presents that particular, fighting fighting robots.
1: that particular physical mechanism that they have to do with the walking in place and the moving around and the 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 kaiju emulating them just gets under my skin a little bit i love the movie don't get me wrong but that particular thing kind of t- takes me
0: out of it a little oh, bit because see, it seems so silly. Really? I yeah. silly. I, could I, not, don't know why. I could not disagree more because it harkens <laughs> back to my childhood of a little film that was way back in the day. I think it was in the 90s called Robot Jocks. Sure. Saw it Anybody the remember and, Robot yeah, Jocks? Saw it in the theater. I Absolutely. The day. And they, they they clipped in at the waist and had like... BMX helmets with tubes coming off of them and RCA jacks on their on right. their on their knuckles. Come on. No, that was it was a direct throwback to Robot Jocks. That made me think about Robot Jocks <laughs> from when I was a kid. Huh. I dare you internet Fine, Robot Jocks. It is a crime that that thing is available it's in like they're free. <laughs> oh, it's it's free on YouTube and it's in yeah. a really really low resolution. Like somebody had their 1987 camera set up filming their screen in yeah, the living room. I don't
3: think it ever made it past VHS, but I yeah. wish I could tell <laughs> worth, you the name. Of robot it
0: Jocks So, the one
1: actor who'd previously had been in the right stuff is now what going up this imaginary gantry to get into his giant robot thinking okay i was getting into the apollo rockets but now i'm getting into a giant robot
0: wait which movie are you still on robot (laughs) jocks or are you back back on robot jocks or are you back on pacific Pacific rim Rim, hey i totally give you the fight at the end there that's awesome so let's stay on point listen pacific rim i love the look of these particular robots World War II was a major influence in the design of Gypsy Danger and several of the robots, specifically fighter planes. Again, you guys know how much I love airplanes and uh, uh, that World War II motif. Wait, the robots have names? Oh, yeah. absolutely! All okay. the robots have and names, and they're all
1: like trusted, vaunted,
0: regarded things. I in totally fact, some of them. Totally were, missed that one. They were the discovered main, in some cases. The main robot is Gypsy Danger. Yeah. Okay. That's and they have really cool names. How can you not know their names? <laughs> yeah, this is nerd judgment coming. How can you not know? Because I saw Striker I, Phoenix. Because I saw that movie one time <laughs> on a plane.
3: But no, it's so distinct. There's like. There's the American robots. There's the Russian robots. There's the Japanese robot. Like, they're all the similar sort of mechanisms. It's all the same sort of operating system, but they're all unique, and they all have their unique weapons, unique styles. And to the, hear that they're based on, like,
0: history and references, that's, that's Guillermo del Toro all the way. Absolutely. The, the robot that's piloted by the Russians has, like, a nuclear reactor-looking head to kind of—and it's got a Chernobyl reference in its name. Yeah. The other thing that is remarkable about— some of the side notes around Pacific Rim. The voice of the computer, anybody recognize it? Hmm. Same voice as it is in the antagonist in the video game Portal. Oh, right. anybody remembers Portal, there was a... uh, Gladius, yes. The cake is a lie. That's right. The cake is a lie. Same voice is the computer voice in Pacific Rim. That's awesome. What I love about this fight is it takes you all the way to this huge grand scale and then it will take a moment and will scale it all the way down to when the giant robot fists goes through the window in the office building <laughs> and and, it, little... and do you remember it it taps the the Newtonian uh, balls the, the yep can I say that Maybe you can ball, I guess. right the little the little <laughs> balls that click beat. back and forth and it's this giant robot hand and it initiates the the Newton balls and it's I love it it's hilarious.
2: It's hilarious, and then and then the kaiju throws him through the building. So you know that I was like, "Oh man, yeah, Aww. right." He just just wrecked the. It would have been sitting there going for
0: a while, but nope. Now it got the robot got thrown through it. Oh yeah, yeah. Co- collateral damage is something not really even uh, as a big deal for. Uh,
3: but it scaled up to that. Like, so this is a third act fight. This is essentially the end of the movie. Like things are wrapping up, but we start in the water, and it's just robot versus kaiju level one, right? And then eventually, like, that's one my one complaint. I'm not with... I disagree (laughs) with Brad. I like the duo system of them walking and having to work in tandem. That's just, like... I do,
2: too. Left brain, right brain type stuff.
3: See? It's anime 101. Like, Mm -hmm. it is a little bit of suspension of disbelief, because how are these people in these little, like, sort of gyroscopic little machinery really controlling this giant robot? But you buy into it, and you believe it. And then second, we get to, like, they're in the city, you know? And then there's a third act, which we can get to in a minute, where they go into this guy, but... It's so crazy how it elevates just in this this battle. It goes from in the water, fighting just monster to monster, and then it's destruction of the city. Mm-hmm. Which Downtown is Downtown Hong
0: Kong.
1: That's classic monster movie. That's classic giant monster movies. They stuff make right
3: a point there. to say we have to protect the city. Yeah. And then they start smashing buildings and bridges. And like one of the <laughs> <laughs> one of the robots <laughs> has like he just takes a ship from the sea and starts beating a monster with this ship like uses a battleship as now hold on hold
2: on hold on that was not a battleship i know it says that on the youtube thing but that's a container ship that's a a container container. ship Uh, it's not a battleship there's no guns on my mistake no it's your mistake because the stupid youtube video (laughs) says battleship (laughs) on it
0: i didn't have as much time to prepare as i wanted it's not a battleship
2: no it's fine one of the things i like about this fight is that you can see so much of what's happening. He doesn't go like, well, there's certain people who make Transformer movies. Oh, sure, where it's all a blur, where it's all a blur, and you can't see what's going on and explosions. what is happening right now. And there's just, yeah, this I appreciate that you can like see all the detail, and it helps a lot. And then there's always there's that nice little uh, there's that nice little funny in in between where you know
3: it's always sunny in Hong Kong, right. Or Charlie, Charlie, Charlie Days, Charlie and, Day and Ron Perlman. after having, me. They're, they're having banter. It's a nice, nice little uh, breathing point between all the action, yes. But, uh, like, on the Transformers point, I'm right with you. Like, Transformers is giant fighting robots, but they do it all wrong. Like, you can't see what's happening. You don't know where it's going. But with this one, you actually see, like, you see the robots punching its fist together, and then it rips into the kaiju. Like, they show you all the hits, and it's so much better because it makes sense. The fight flows, and it looks like... If it wasn't giant, it'd still be a cool fight.
2: Yeah, you're right. That, I mean, that's what it comes across as. It comes across as a choreographed fight with regular-sized beings, like <laughs> two two guys or whatever, but they just translate it into a giant fighting robot and a kaiju, which is the way to do it, as opposed to, like, give me an epileptic seizure with your Transformers <laughs> sure, movie. Sure.
3: Everything is transforming.
0: You know, you, you mentioned the the point where he drives his fist into his other hand. Mm-hmm. Um there's an internet theory out there that that's actually a, like a, a, a wushu symbol. Oh, know, there you go. Yeah. Uh, sure. Uh, light and dark before they bow before the fight. That so, makes sense. I don't know. To me, it just looks like a, you know, it's like a catcher hitting his mitt. You know, <laughs> that's to me, what, I'm about to use this to punch you. So uh, I don't know if I buy into that theory or not, but at any rate, that is to me, the quintessential giant fighting robot scene. I read an article one time. If you look at the physics of that size, like that fist would have to be moving like Mach five for that to actually be real. So if I go comic book nerd guy and push my glasses up on my nose, uh, the physics are completely unattainable, nope. which makes me sad because I'd really like to see.
1: Yeah, to yeah.
0: that extent, I I appreciate
1: that they they give it kind of that slowed down. There's a lot of mass moving kind of feel. Like mm-hmm. they all all the fights do kind of look like they're happening underwater almost, you know, because you've got these giant fighting robots along, <laughs> if you know the words. So that that's definitely a neat effect. It's almost subtle. It's yeah. so well done. Absolutely.
3: You also get the Voltron moment in the third act of this fight It, it that takes place in the third act. They go into space. They <laughs> yes. go 50,000 miles into the sky. But it's awesome because the robot is like, "Oh, Voltron sword, let's go!" Like, yeah. "This is our last attack. I have to go all out, just this once, Master. Forgive
0: me." So yeah.
3: the guy's like, "The guy's like, we ain't got nothing left," and she's like, "We got
2: the sword." And I was like, "Oh my god, that is so anime." It's
0: perfect. Yes. Absolutely, it is. And and Voltron is actually, if you want to get back to the the genesis of mm-hmm. not Scott's childhood and his fascination with giant fighting robots goes back to Voltron.
1: Well, and in their design of these robots, they kind of did pay homage to like the Evangelion and the battle tech and that kind of thing. And that For those sure. designs are not dissimilar to something you would have seen in late versions of those series.
0: Well, if you, you believe a lot of the press around it, they designed like 150 Kaijus and like 200 different mechs and Guillermo del Toro walked through and like that one and that one. Yeah. And I want that one. Um, and then he's like, I want the the wings from that one and the arms from that one. And there was just hundreds of designs made. In fact, a lot of those designs got used in the second one, which was sure. not directed by Guillermo del Toro. And that's all we're going to say about that.
3: <laughs> got it.
0: More think. strange machine yeah. people interactions. Speaking of machine people interactions, mm. when you talk to the Internet about great fight scenes, uh, or do any kind of Googling, there is a series of movies that comes up that can, uh, they're just ubiquitous in the conversation of great fight scenes. I'm talking, of course, about the 2014 movie, Raid 2, but uh, it's uh, is the sequel to The Raid, which came out in 2013, both directed by Gareth Evans. Yes. I wanted to spend some time talking about sending a spotlight on, of course, the final fight yeah. scene from Raid to from Rama, the kitchen scene. Is <laughs> it's widely regarded as If you look at any message board, any uh, anything about fight scenes, Reddit, anywhere you go. This scene is often talked about as just the quintessential modern era action fight scene. I'm with you. They're using a very specific version of an Indonesian martial art called pinak silat as the primary style. bless you. Exactly. I'm not even sure I'm pronouncing it right. These guys spent like six months together learning to live together, fight together, spar, train, not even learning the choreography, Mm -hmm. but just living together and learning each other and developing relationships.
1: So are they still married to this day? I don't think they're still married. No, No, but they're still working together. Do you remember the Star Wars connection to this? Not going crazy here. Those guys played the... The bad guys who come on to Han Solo's big freighter ship, they're the... oh, that's to Kanji Club. Some of that
0: same crew, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm. Those are some of the same guys from the raid. The raid was like 60 dudes, all part of that scene. They spent six months training, and the, the deal was, I mean, they they had to have a relationship. If, if they missed and made some incidental contact, they had to have that relationship or else... You know, they said we would just come back harder. That's it. And it was all about (laughs) having, if they didn't have that relationship, they would probably escalate and really actually start to kill each other. All Mm -hmm. the body shots are real. And a lot of my favorite fight scenes, the body shots are real. And there's real physical contact and there's real pressure being applied. Sells it better. The face stuff, groin stuff, often that's the stuff that's fake and pulled and goes to the side and camera angles. But the body shots, especially in this movie, those are all real. And those guys are all going after it. This is one of the movies that really typified i guess modern fight scenes with these super long cuts i believe yeah. it yeah yeah um, i love that about it that was a trend that really only started in the early 2000s 0809 and having these just super long fight scenes and the raid is one of the movies that just did it the best the scene itself took about six weeks to design and eight days of solid shooting to put together Dang. 195 hey. individual shots yeah uh, going to that whole fight scene but it presents itself almost as one long cut which is beautiful it's 195 shots in 10 whole minutes of yeah. screen time that's unheard of for a fight scene
3: because you're talking about
0: like he crashes into the warehouse
3: and starts taking out people and then he goes up to the hallway and then and he gets to the restaurant throwing right? bottles and
0: throwing pallets and yeah
3: absolutely but not only is it great shots it's like you're saying they show every hit this is i'm a big fan of Jackie Jackie Chan and I think this is like taking Jackie Chan and just injecting steroids into it because they show every shot, they show every body hit. The sound design on this is amazing. The stunts are real. The stunts are real. And it like listening to it, you're like, that sounds like it hurts. Like that dude has a broken limb. That dude also has two broken limbs. This dude has three broken limbs. It's ridiculous, and they show every aspect of it and makes sense that they all sort of lived together and did this for eight days because it's just so well choreographed. Yeah,
1: round. it's definitely one of those where you feel yourself kind of reeling or recoiling
0: sometimes based on the hits and cringing almost. Absolutely. It was such a... They were so committed to the scene. They had it all rehearsed, the whole string. The biggest reason that they stopped is the makeup crews had to get in and dress the wounds and make their makeup wounds realistic as they continued, especially in that kitchen scene after he gets the, the daggers, the little curve. yep, Those things have a name. I forget what they are. Karambits? The assassin, they are? I think the assassin Blades. So, the Assassin Blades, right.
2: Yeah. Okay, so hey, here's the thing. And this is not a complaint complaint. This is a general overall thing. It even goes back to uh, Pacific Rim where it's like, oh, we have the sword. It does it in it. They do it all the time. Why don't you start Sure. Why didn't he start with a dagger? Why do not you
1: start with the finisher?
2: Yeah. Why do not you start with a right. sword? I don't know. It's <laughs> it's just a, it's a thing they do. I know why. I know it's no, it wouldn't be interesting be otherwise. No yes, there. Yes, exactly. You have to have that. They want to use that fancy term, but yeah.
3: I, I I don't want to step on Scott's toes if he was going to mention this, but the cool thing about it is it's Rama is the main character, I believe is his name.
0: Correct. Rama. Uh,
3: he starts this encounter with nothing. He's going in with two fists, two feet and everybody that he takes out, either he takes out with his fists and his feet, but then you get, you get to people with weapons. They're yeah, at, yeah, yeah. But he uses those weapons, and those are the finishers for those people. He uses it against them. Against him. them, yeah. The the
0: hammers, ugh, bro. No, it's yeah. the yeah. Bat, Hammer girl, ugh. Bat boy, it's Bat fantastic.
3: Baseball Batman.
2: No, it's it, it's great. It's great. It's cartoony. It's 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 like a it's a better than cartoony. It's this is like a live action video game Very without being so. a video game. For sure, like that's what it, that's what it reminds me of. Because you're you're going through, and then like you know, oh here comes the. Sub boss, yeah, the Bat Boy and Hammer Girl. Oh, absolutely, and <laughs> definitely, you, and and they drop their weapons, and you get to pick them up and use right. them against them. That's so video game. Working through the level, you know, and then you get to, and then you're done with that. Being like, whoo, okay, that's all. And it's like, what? There's yeah. a main boss. And it's just wave, and it's even wave. harder. Yeah, I mean, it's cool. I, I, I have no. That's just a general, overall Hollywood sure. or storytelling thing that you have to really suspend your disbelief there because it's always like. Why didn't you just start with that? Absolutely, but again, whatever.
1: This is another great example of the sequel holding up to the original. I thought too, for what it's worth. And and I think the reason people talk about this fight scene and there's some great fight scenes in the first movie, but this fight scene's way more memorable than anything else that happened. I think. And there's you know you don't always say that about sequels. This one's Raid Two, Raid Harder,
3: or
0: (laughs) or whatever it's whatever the subtitle is. Redemption. (laughs) Yeah, I believe it is Raid Two Redemption, but it it just goes on alliteration for yes. I mean, this is
1: when you brought this one up, it made reminded me, and I just wanted to get a quick honorable mention about the hallway fight scene in Old Boy, where he's got the hammer, and that goes on, and it's one cut, and it's. Five minutes long, and and it's just so brutal. He gets stabbed at one point. He keeps fighting. They keep saying, Is he dead? Is he dead? You
0: know, and it's him against 40 bad guys, which is just incredible. Well, and it, I, I love that you bring up Old Boy, and Old Boy's, we're not gonna spend a whole lot of time talking about it tonight, but Old Boy was very reminiscent. When I watched that fight scene for the first time, I watched it and said, That reminds me of They Live. Yes. Roddy Piper, Keith David. Uh, it's a 1988 film directed by John Carpenter. Some say uh, not the best, but it's a pretty awesome movie. But it's pretty awesome.
3: It's John Carpenter, um, of course. It's awesome.
0: Of course, uh, the fight is between Nada and Frank. Nada is of course Rowdy Roddy Piper. Yeah, your um, no, Frank no played in this movie.
1: <laughs> no, no,
2: no, kills.
0: just really tight jeans. He does really. wear his shirt around his waist. There is a while. lot of tight jeans. <laughs> uh, of course it is against Keith David Keith David is that uh, African American actor That of course you all know when you see him He's the holy man in Riddick He's the general in Armageddon yeah. He's got uh, the best he's voice The president in Rick and Morty He's Bolo from Final Space Yeah, he's, yeah he is. He plays so many characters And this is rather early in his career Like I said 1988 And this fight scene is Ugly it's slow and brutal. It's and tiresome. Absolutely. Yeah. You know. Of course, this movie has the <laughs> most famous line from the movie is Roddy Roddy Piper. He says, "I came here to chew bubble gum and kick some, and I'm all out of bubble gum." That's exactly right. Which <laughs> that's where that comes <laughs> yeah, from. Yeah, that's, that's that the it movie comes where from. They live from, and that's great. It's, it's actually there's a couple other
1: really good ones. Like okay, because
2: you know uh, you you hear something yeah. a lot, and I've heard that it becomes gu- part of a billion culture. times, and then. You'll see a movie, like, if you're not, like, I wasn't, like, watching those kind of movies, you know, when that movie was out, right? So then you see it in the movie, and you don't know, because you're born after, you don't know the cultural, you don't know if they pulled that from culture, or they gave that to culture. And it's been... So it's they gave that to culture. In some
0: other movies yeah. too, but oh, wow. the, the line originated. was written was written by Roddy Piper. Wow, that Go is figure. crazy
2: that that's the origin of that. I yeah. had no idea. You guys just enlightened me because I, you know, like I said, you never know. Sometimes they pull stuff from culture, but sure. they actually added made this. around this the same
1: time. A little later, Pumpkinhead by or maybe it was Rawhead Rex, an, an old Clive Barker movie. The priest says that same exact line, and Doesn't it really? was made around that same
0: time. Well, uh, but. According I think to they got it first here. The, so, the legend yeah. uh, around this movie, Roddy Piper wrote that to use as his wrestling character, Roddy Roddy Piper. Never got to work it in, and he you know, brought it to John Carpenter. I was like, yeah, we're going to use it here.
3: That um, sounds so cool, yes.
0: But again, that line not actually used in the fight scene we're talking no, about today. fight scene so great. Now, um, let's talk real quick why they're fighting. They're fighting because... Put Roddy on the Piper's glasses. trying to get
1: him to put on the glasses. Put on and the glasses. He doesn't understand and what do what do the want to? what do the glasses do? The glasses let you see the invading aliens. They let you see the replacements for humans. The That's ones that right. are living among us. They it say is kinda, you don't it, have to it, obey. It is kind of right. strange though.
2: Would you guys kick my butt if I like insisted that you All wear something? I mean
1: if you were so insistent and possibly built like Roddy Piper, I don't know that I would fight you that much. I know. I'd probably just let you have your way with me, but Okay, you know, they I'll
0: put on the glasses. There is there is some lead up. There's a rivalry that leads up to this fight. Yeah, they don't like each other going into right. it. Right,
3: but I hope I would hope that we're good enough friends that like if I showed up here next Thursday and be like, dude, I found out that aliens are real and you have to put on these sunglasses, you would at least take well, ten he, seconds he never to be
2: quite like, gets that much let me, exposition. He's he doesn't more even try. Like, <laughs> I know. yeah it's kind of silly. Good fight though. Oh, it's an incredible. Absolutely.
1: Fight. They're fighting all through that parking lot, slamming into cars. Oh, it's a what? Well, it's, it's an
0: alley fight. Alley. It's they're yeah. in the alley. And it's one of those fights that goes on forever. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Just,
2: <laughs> you think it's over and it's not. And oh, it's, they're
0: exhausted. They're both so stubborn. It's slow and it's plotting. and it, all I can think of is this is what a real fight would look yeah. like. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's true, it's true. A real genuine street brawl. Mm-hmm. This is what I think of
3: coming from a
2: wrestler too.
0: Absolutely,
3: that's that's what does it for me. And fake fighting all the time. I I don't know the I I only know Rowdy Roddy Piper's like experience in professional wrestling, but they both sell it like when they hit the ground and bonk their head like oh like that's a concussion. Or when they're like slamming each other with two by fours, it's like that looks like it really hurt. They're selling it really mm, well. Absolutely. Pro
2: wrestling was always good at that. I mean, there was—I remember when I was a kid, there was always, its real, man. It's real. Yeah. It's real I mean, to me.
0: Well, uh, originally, Carpenter's script called for like twenty seconds, okay, in and out. Keith David and Roddy Piper had just such a rapport and such a great relationship that they kind of worked out amongst themselves. Hey, let's really, let's really do this. Nice. And <laughs> let's dance. Yeah. And and they're really making a lot of legitimate contact. Again, like other fight scenes, face shots, groin shots are not real. But the body blows and everything in between, the the slamming the heads into the pavements and all that kind of stuff, that's a lot. Uh, uh, there ain't no CGI in there. It's <laughs> It really is that
2: brutal. Because there was a part where he was going pretty hard on his groin.
0: That's right. <laughs> um, <laughs> they actually put the scene together in the backyard of john carpenter's production office oh wow uh, so where he was at keith david and roddy put it together in his backyard and john Carpenter's was like all right well hey well you guys have worked hard we'll film it he filmed it. carpenter loved it so much he's like oh that's going to the movie nice. awesome that's cool so it was it was two guys that really enjoyed that kind of acting and they put it all together themselves that's why it's ugly and slow and play. It he doesn't is. have a fight choreographer it's Keith David and, and Roddy Piper with their mm-hmm. experience bringing yeah bringing to that fight. There uh, was a fight choreographer there.
2: His name was Roddy Piper. His name <laughs> was uh, yeah. Good call. Good call. That's right.
3: I do like the fact that like. It started off as a civil fight. Like we'll be nice to each other. We'll we'll follow the rules and only take body shots. But then once I think it's Roddy Piper <laughs> yeah. that was the Roddy first. takes a swing at goes, the jewels. That's yep, it. Once it goes south, and he messes up his car, and he's like, "You messed up me, and you messed up my car." No holds barred. Like it's all out now. And then it just elevates again. It's like what?
2: Yeah, How- that, was, that was when he broke the, when he broke the <laughs> car window, and he's like, "Oh, oh sorry, sorry." <laughs> Did I go too far? It's like, oh, yeah.
0: Oh, that's where it went too far. (laughs) That's hilarious. The haymaker swing at the jewels, (laughs) that's not too far, but breaking out your (laughs) windshield. Oh, such a good fight. It's so long, but so great. Absolutely. Absolutely it is. I don't have a smooth transition uh, to the next one. (laughs) You
2: don't have to on this podcast.
0: (laughs) Let's get a little more modern. One of my uh, let's get to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh right yeah, is it the elevator fight scene? It is. Oh. Uh, it's not. I don't want to talk about the elevator fight scene, okay. but however, that is a fantastic scene. There are so many fantastic MCU fight scenes. Mm-hmm. Is but, it the airport. The airport fight scene is fantastic, but one of the people that really uh shows off in the airport fight scene is Ant-Man. Yeah. yeah. And Ant-Man is one of my personal favorites. Yeah.
2: Just cuz you love Paul Rudd. No, just cuz I love Paul, with Paul Rudd cuz
0: he can get so much larger. Well, you can't smaller. not you can't not love Paul Rudd. You can't right. not love, love
2: Paul Rudd. If Paul someone told said was like I don't like Paul Rudd, I think I would we couldn't be friends. I think it would be a they live in the alley moment. Yeah. Absolutely. That's, yeah, it would be. that's
0: a career ender. Yeah. But uh, Ant-Man came out in 2015, directed by Peyton Reed. Peyton Reed also did uh, the other, the second Ant-Man movie, did Mm -hmm. a couple of Mando episodes, done some rom-coms. Oh, okay. Um, But we are, uh, of course, Scott Lang versus Darren Cross, the Yellow Jack. And I want to talk about the final fight here. What I love about this fight, and I mentioned it earlier, because Pacific Rim does it a little bit, it's the scale. And the way this fight scene plays with scale, it is absolutely epic when they are when when Ant-Man is running through the carpet and Thomas the Train is giant <laughs> knee bearing yeah. down on you and it's the biggest thing ever and then it pops out to the second level and some toy trains fall off a track.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 when they zoom out to the scale of the of his daughter. Of the, the bedroom scale, yeah, that's right. In her room.
0: But
3: that's the smart way to do it is they have it, it's per, from the perspective of the daughter. Yes. It's not that's just so scaling great. out for the yes. bit. It's like oh, like here's an... an here's the other observer to this, and it's like, oh, I, if I was a child and I saw two little creatures fighting and a train falling over, I'd be like, what is happening? Yeah,
0: it's, it's, it's,
2: yeah, you're right. It looks like super epic on ant scale. Absolutely. Yeah. And then <laughs> and it's bing.
0: Like, the next thing you know, Thomas the Tank is landing on the window seal in tiny version, and then the next thing you know, it's giant and it's crashing on top <laughs> yeah. of police cars. That's why this <laughs> fight is so much fun. It is uh, a lot of fun, and it it flows very well between the different levels, and it makes sense the continuity of it, how it you know the tank falls off its tracks, and the next thing you know, it's falling into the thing. Anyway, Sounds great.
2: That's a weird looking dog. And it's it right. a weird-looking
1: dog. Oh. The giant ant. Oh, and it doesn't so, hurt that so the creepy. bad guy in this movie is so punchable. He's such a bad Darren guy. Darren Cross, that's right. Played by Corey Stoll. Hate him. By the end of the movie. Absolutely. The plays a great bad guy.
3: Who is the actor for that guy? Uh, Corey just... Stoll. Okay. Yeah, definitely a punchable face. We know him. <laughs> he
0: was in West Side Story. He was in House Yay, of Cards. Gosh. House of um, Cards. That's what that's it is. That's right. Okay. House of Cards is where we know him from. Usually, some other fun facts about the scene: the yellow jacket, his lasers. Y'all, they sound yeah, familiar to you? Yeah, those shoulder laser yeah. things. Those were the exact same sound used with the AT-ATs. Oh, oh it did
2: Wars. sound familiar to me. Yep. Yeah,
0: and they do some different inflections, and they make them higher and lower depending on the perspective and stuff. But yes, they use the AT-AT sound effect. No kidding. I'm going to go
3: one nerdier. Do you know how they made the ad- at laser sound effect? Was that the one where they no, that's the hit, the, hit the wire with yes. the metal? They hit the guide
1: wire, high-tension guide, tension guide so wire? The guide not, wire? Yeah. Really? I think yeah. that was just for bing, the Starfighters,
2: bing. Bing. though.
3: I thought it was for all the laser sounds. Oh, I might be wrong. Maybe. But they are all nerdy enough to know sounds. it. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah.
2: the <laughs> Skywalker Sound do the sound for those movies?
0: Well, I mean, since... Disney owns Marvel umbrella. and Disney owns, yeah. I do think, Lucasfilm, I oh, would imagine. True, yeah. yeah.
2: I was just curious. I was just curious. It's just kind of, I mean, I don't care about rights or anything. I'm just sure. thinking that, like, they're sitting, sitting there with this. They probably just have it <laughs> in, giant the, sound in the pull-down library. menu. That's right. Add, that. add, sound effect. You know it right, would yeah. <laughs>
1: you know be a great podcast one night for us to do is Where's the Wilhelm Scream? And do oh, nothing but a ten yeah. list of movies that feature or have a Wilhelm Scream. Mm-hmm. You know, because it, it does feature in all our Star Wars movies. It goes Not back to that, whatever it is, the 40s or 50s. I heard it but in... Um, if you listen for it, you do hear it yeah, I've everywhere. heard it in lots of other... Yeah. I just
2: heard it recently in something else, and I forget what it was. It's fascinating. You know, I, it just, I... know. I was just, <laughs> off, off topic, was it, was on it, the Wilhelm It was one of the scream? videos yeah. that you sent sent us. Did it have a Wilhelm in it? They. Yeah. It,
0: I'll be honest with you. Sometimes when I hear the Wilhelm scream, it mumps me out of... <laughs> must me out of the flow, iconic. and uh, me when, and
1: the kids always look at each other and point like, "Ah, did you hear it? Did you hear it?" That was the Wilhelm
0: scream. Yeah.
3: Once you hear it and recognize it, you can't unhear oh, it. So That's great. what I'm saying, yeah.
0: and it and it takes me out of when they use it and throw it into the flow. I'm like, oh, I, I think of it as a nice little
1: homage. It's a wink, you know. Not yeah. everyone even knows what that is. So yeah. the people who do, it's kind of a wink and a nod to to the viewer. Yep. Mm-hmm. So would, it's a chef's kiss. <laughs> <and Foley.
3: laughs>
1: Chef gets a Foley. Yeah. (laughs) Uh,
3: (laughs) That's a nice way to look at it. Um, So Marvel and Disney, now they're big corporations, and Ant-Man is canon. And now we have Thomas the Tank Engine in Ant-Man, and he falls through the window. Like you said, it ends up on the windowsill, gets hugely giant, and then crushes police officers. Does this mean that it's now canon that Thomas the Tank Engine has killed people?
1: Ooh, yeah.
2: Is Is, that
3: train a murderer? Is Thomas the Tank Engine a kaiju? He didn't
0: kill anybody. Yeah, he just just fell on a car. You're going to look at that face and tell me that's not
3: the creepiest killer train you've ever seen. You're
0: You're you're going to tell me that's the uh, worst human life collateral (laughs) damage in the MCU? Okay, I think there's bigger issues they need to fry.
2: The police officer was next to it.
3: Oh, true. You saw him. He was next
2: to it. He yeah. dove, Thomas
3: is not a killer.
0: True. No, yeah, he dove
2: safely true. away.
3: It's that giant ant that's dog sized and creepy. Yeah. Ru-
2: still running around town, I guess. And right? playing
3: drums for Scott Lang. So, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> that's right.
2: That was, yeah.
0: <laughs> that was the stinger, right? That, that was that's the, right. Yeah. Yep. That's right. Speaking of playing drums. The next, uh, I'd like to spend some time talking a little bit about uh, a movie that came out in 2010 directed by everyone's favorite, Christopher Nolan. Mm -hmm. Of course, I'd like to talk about the hallway scene from Inception. Yeah. That's right. Um, (laughs) Yeah, that
1: sound. I thought I was having a pre-stroke or something. I didn't know what was going on
0: there. This scene is the quintessential show me, don't tell me how the world works for sure and it it absolutely demonstrates this mechanic of as you go deeper and the physics affect each other and the fight scenes ca- or the the way if your equilibrium is off rate, anyway, it absolutely explained how those rules work by jumping through various different levels all at the same time in mm-hmm. an absolutely great salient cogent single storyline that conveys what happens in the action scene incredibly well. This is a very, very complex scene. Lots of things happening, lots of things going in different directions and it just works. It flows and it makes such perfect sense.
3: Cause the logic for inception is that there's the top level, like everybody's awake. And then once you go into the dream or into the inception or into the idea, time slows down. But the things that are happening at top level still happen on all the subsequent levels, but to a slow down time level event
2: mm-hmm. so the van is rolling and they're in it and so the
0: hallway's spinning because the inner Inception. ear yeah. which your inner ear imbalance is present in your
2: dreams that now am i not wrong and they actually built the hallway and spun it
0: absolutely oh, and, sure. and and the technical marvel of how they executed this scene is not cgi it's a practical yeah. effect yeah. And yes, you're absolutely right. They actually built a rotating hallway with a fixed camera, mm-hmm. and that's how they were able to shoot mm-hmm. the scenes so fluidly yeah. and have them flow from wall to wall through doors and things like that so perfectly. It sounds like how I get home on a Thursday night.
1: Do you
2: do you, <laughs> do you know if so? There's some scenes where they're it looked like. Did they put that in a plane and do the zero
0: g thing, or no, was that no? Or, or were they on like wires? How are they doing? The they're thing on when they're, they're on wires. Okay. and the thing is rotating. Yeah. Okay. They're not on wires as much as you think they are. Yeah. A lot of times they are jumping out into midair. Oh, and then as it rotates, wow. the yeah. the hallway yeah. lands cool. underneath It's so them. well shot and so well thought out. That's exactly what I'm
1: saying. It is almost nauseating, you know? I mean, that's it, it really what, pulls you into it.
0: That's what makes this scene so special, so incredible, and so something. I've never seen that before. Well,
2: sure. I've seen it before in Lionel Richie's Dancing on the Ceiling video. <laughs> sure, sure. And that one by Jamiroquai.
0: No, uh,
1: wait, that's with the moving floors. I don't know.
0: But even then, Jemaric White was completely different that than was, this. That was different. Kevin's Lionel Richie reference is way more on yeah. point.
1: Well, and it goes back all the way to old Hollywood because you had like uh, Fred Astaire and Ginger or somebody thing where they danced around a room and yeah, they you're had right, the room you're rotate.
3: Right. Mm-hmm. But like, it's silly that you make those references because that's where <laughs> no, like I'm serious. That's where this practical effect comes from because sure. that's what they did for those videos. But the fascinating thing about Inception and I'm with Scotty on this is that. Lionel Richie, you watch that video, you can tell, like, oh, he's taking his time to make sure it rotates so he can get to the next wall. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, it's slow, it's deliberate, they paste it out. For this, we're having a fight scene. They're punching each other. They're jumping from bed to wall to ceiling. There's guns involved. It's ridiculous.
0: And it snaps between different levels. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got at the very deepest, you've got the snow chase scene level. Above that, you've got the hallway scene level. Above Mm -hmm. that, you've got the van flipping over level. And again, what just impresses me about it is it all flows so perfectly and it all fits together. That's it. In all of these different really disconjoined things but it Mm -hmm. all flows together so perfectly
2: well you know that's why that movie's considered so highly yeah because so many movies try and do weird things like that i guess i don't know if weird's the right word but something i don't know what the word is but anyway i've seen plenty of movies where you're just confused as to what the sure. heck is going on yeah then people are like oh you don't understand the art yeah, you know you it's like a, you have you can do weird stuff but you have to sure. you know
1: we had a similar fight in a way in uh, with doctor strange when they're fighting through the hallway and they're fighting for the New York sanctum and the house is kind of spinning and the bad guys can do all that stuff. it reminded me a lot of of this fight in inception
0: Oh yeah, absolutely
1: Dr Strange takes
2: a lot of inspiration from inception because I think what it is is like I think that's kind of the point of my point that I just had earlier Good was point. was that inception showed how to do something like that yeah how to do weird multiverse type things. And now they're like, oh, we can do that with Doctor Strange. And there's also their new movie out, right? Everywhere, sure. all the time, at every moment. What is that new movie? Everything,
3: is? everywhere, all at
2: once. Yeah. Uh. yeah. That's similar kind of
0: trippy, weirdy thing. But not in the MCU. No.
2: no.
3: But it is a, an example of like, if you set up your own rules and you follow them and you play around with those rules, as long as you
0: follow them, it yeah. makes for a fun time. Speaking of uh, following the rules. uh uh-uh. There are no rules. There are no rules. There are some rules. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, you can't gotcha. talk about fight scenes without talking about all of our favorite properties. And, of course, this group's favorite, one of our favorite properties is, of course, Star Wars. Dun-dun. There are some absolutely amazing fight scenes that are just emblazoned sure. in my memory forever. Mm-hmm. Battle yeah. for Naboo, Duel of the Fates. Yeah, Absolutely. But... Yeah. That's some of the best fight music. Absolutely. I'm getting goosebumps
2: right now, Kevin. Uh, I'm so good at that. But the fight
0: scene (laughs) that I would like to talk about was from 2005. Uh Uh-huh. From the final movie of the prequel trilogy, "Revenge of the Sith." Oh, he's bringing he's he's giving love to the prequels. Sure, I am giving some love to the prequel, and I will be a "Revenge of the Sith" apologist. I think uh, that movie was fantastic. I think it did so many things right. There you go. Yeah. One of the things that it did right was that final showdown between Anakin and Obi Wan. Oh, sure. Dual. On Mustafar, that's right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which, of course, becomes really, really important to Darth Vader in the future. I just think the buildup to this scene, we all knew this had to happen. It's referenced in the novels, you know, through Mm the... He gets burned by lava in the volcano.
1: We had heard that as little kids in in the late 70s. Right, it's in the Star Wars novel. It's in the novelization
0: version. And to see it play out the way it did, the sheer gravitas of the situation lived up at least met my expectations Mm. Um, you know how this fight is going to end but at the same time you're on the edge of your seat to see how it gets there because this is a fight where they are very very evenly matched throughout
1: and we're so close leading up to all this brothers or father-son relationship or whatever you want to say there is
0: there's a loss and by the way I'll argue with anybody about one of the highlights of the entire prequel is our boy Ewan McGregor, Obi-Wan. We're going to see some more of that, hopefully, real soon. So excited. But I think just the the magnitude of the fight, the build-up to the fight, it's exactly what I wanted that fight to be yes it was very gratifying to uh it's that epic and it goes on for a long time and there's all kinds of epic locales and backgrounds and things that are going on in the background and Anakin is just at the height of his power that's right and they are matched uh, mano a mano until Obi-Wan Gains the high ground. Well, and at first you feel like Obi Wan's an maybe, maybe holding back, you know, on him.
1: But then he realizes yes, that, he can't no. to survive this. Mm-hmm. He realizes if if he holds back, Anakin's going to kill him right now. Mm-hmm. So he starts fighting harder and harder. Then you realize, oh my goodness, he's giving it all he's got, and Anakin's gotten so strong, you know, he's driven so much by his hate, you know, and mm-hmm. his fear and aggression and mm-hmm. all that. That that dark side power makes them an even match. And it becomes this great yin-yang, this good versus evil. It gives it that operatic value that we love from our Star Wars movies.
2: I feel this hinges on the strength of Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan. For sure. I think the best best thing to come out of the prequels is Ewan McGregor's version of Obi-Wan. That's why we're getting more, and I'm glad. With an appearance from Hayden Christensen, because I, I think people agree. But I mean, he said like the prequels. Uh, many people deride them. Some people love them. They have their problems. But, but but you know, the you know everyone makes fun of the "I hate sand" thing. Sure, but, but the it the, gets everywhere though. But the I have the high ground. Yes. That meme is not a made fun of meme. That's like a... Right. That's like people think that's awesome. That's, that's like a useful. That's like a, the chew bubblegum line. That's like Absolutely. I Have the High Ground has become like... That's a positive meme that came yes. out of the prequels. I can't I hear say.
3: the phrase high ground without thinking right. of that. Right. Sure. Yeah. Like, right.
2: Don't try it. Man, and some of the, the... Was this the fight or was was it the original fight from that they did with Darth Maul that... I think it was this fight that they were bending their fake lightsabers that are fighting so hard oh i bet i I think so yeah fake lightsaber so hard
3: this is also the one where they have like the hand-to-hand force like they're trying to force each other to submit
2: also the the obi-wan does that super cool lightsaber he does that lightsaber flip i don't know what to call it but it's it's the coolest lightsaber move ever absolutely it's my favorite
3: I forget who it is. I wish I could credit it, but go on the internet and do it. They, somebody broke down like the fighting styles of people that are lightsaber wielders. Yes, mm-hmm. it's and, a whole canon. Yeah, thing. it is. Yeah, but and this is in styles. there. So yeah. like Obi Wan is a Jedi of pure motive, so he fights very defensively. Yes, he lets defensive people style. use their aggression against him and deflection. It's like him. judo. And Anakin's becoming more and more aggressive, and right. you see that. So he starts making wild and wilder swings. And it just plays out so beautifully, mm-hmm. and they're surrounded by lava. Like, yeah. you're just gonna up the stakes, and what? Flying lava the floor robots is lava. and stuff like that.
2: I mean, that's that's arguably that is why Obi Wan wins.
3: He sees it coming like ten well, seconds ahead. Because he,
2: yeah. he wins because he's defensive, and the more aggressive someone is against a defensive <laughs> fighter, the more they fall into their traps. So crazy. So it's it's jujitsu, it's judo, it it's it those tells type him, of things. He says, "Don't do it." Yeah, don't you do know? it. He, yeah, he's like, "Don't do it."
1: He warns them. Yep. But he does it. Then he cuts then in he half. Gets what's coming? Well, and then he says the great line: "I hate
2: you. I yeah. hate you. You were the chosen one. You are my brother. My
1: brother.
0: Oh man, well, that's what Umu McGregor sells
2: it. He sells yeah. it.
0: It's so good. He's so good. He. And again, it, it's the word I used early. It's the gravitas yes. that you that's wanted out. Of, and I love a good origin story. I especially love a good villain origin yeah. story. And this is the origin of." One of the most quintessential villains, iconic villain of yes. all time, uh, the Darth Vader creation sequence, mm-hmm. and i I absolutely think this fight delivers mm-hmm. on that final fall mm-hmm. and his final uh, uh, whatever the word is to becoming Darth Vader. Yeah,
1: it's unfortunate that it has to be followed ten minutes later by. No! No!
3: Might have to bring that down a
1: little bit, Mikey. <laughs> We're going to
3: have to, yeah. That was a, Pretty that sure was a, we pegged <laughs> it out there. We're going to break some speakers, but I'm with it. But, Scotty, no, I'm totally with you. This is a great call because we know we know Darth Vader. We know where he ends up. Yeah. We know how this resolves, but to actually see it play out and have it be as cinematic and epic as it is, this is like, holy crap.
1: Yeah, let's show you under the hood. Here's how we built that monster. You know, that's great.
3: But now I have to bring up my nitpick. Yeah. yeah. And maybe this is just me. So we get to, they, they, they start off in a hallway and they're fighting. And then mm-hmm. it elevates and then they're in this conference room and they're force jumping around. Yeah. And then we get to bridges with lava and everything starts falling apart. There's a lava right. waterfall. And they jump to these two pieces. Anakin jumps on a droid. Obi Wan jumps on a piece of floating debris. Yeah. Are they force controlling those while yes. they're fighting? Yes. That's yes. a great question. Yes. And, and logic would dictate possibly. Yes. They never say it. It's a show, okay. don't tell.
0: But yes. No, just say yes. Okay. Because your yes. problem is that it was yeah. awfully
1: convenient to That's, have these the
0: things. Answer's, but the answer is yes. Okay. That's, That's f- always been my take is they're force controlling yeah. it. One of the things on a recent rewatch that I never noticed before, there's like two dudes still working. Yeah. They're like <laughs> little <laughs> alien dudes, and yeah. they're like dipping stuff, and they're working, and they're like having a lightsaber duel yeah, little around them while whatever. the yeah. whole thing is falling uh,
2: apart. Absolutely. They're trying to keep it from falling apart, maybe.
0: No, uh-huh. no, no, they just got some, like, shovels oh, okay. and stuff with uh-huh. lava.
1: Okay, that's weird.
0: Yeah, I had never noticed that before You're until I watched like, it the hey, other day. It's none of it our business, right, buddy? Yeah, yes. buddy. They're
1: going to earn their credits just like the rest uh-huh. of us. And like other Star Wars movies and the scenery, there is definitely a deficiency of handrails and safety railing yeah, 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 yeah. and guards. There yeah. should really be a lot more of it in that universe. Mm-hmm. You're right. so, like, OSHA no would space, have a OSHA, heyday yeah, in Death Star alone. Yeah, yeah, let's not even get into the contractors that died mm-hmm. during that. Okay, Kevin Smith. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. That
3: was an homage. Kevin. <laughs> Nailed it. I don't know what you're talking about, <laughs> but,
1: but yeah, I,
2: Mikey, I always, you can always say the force and then make Star Wars good. Like I always love people. It makes sh- sense. People show that like the, the there's the animated gif of Luke doing the kick. And like, way sure, way yeah. missing yeah, the like guy. Off, yeah. And they're like, they're like, whoa, whoa, And I'm like, no, it's a force kick. Force kick. Uh-huh. He's totally using the force. That's
1: right. We've written it in. Just same thing about the stormtrooper the hitting his head, that sort force of thing. Kick. That's because their visibility stinks out of Their those visibility things.
2: does sting. Luke says it in
1: that movie, yeah, though. It's true. I can't see a
2: thing out of this thing. So, I mean. I don't think they added that line in. He says that while I, he's being a little short for a
3: stormtrooper, yeah. doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right? I'm sorry, you can stay here and up. rot. <laughs> this, that's right. <laughs> Into the garbage chute, fly boy. So Anakin and Obi-Wan
0: over Duel of the
3: Fates? Because uh, between the two... Get... like I, I, I'm, not...
0: I'm hoping we get a rematch. It's my... F- Favorite lightsaber lightsaber scene. I believe it. Lightsaber okay. fight I'm because and I go. I said at the beginning the the importance the gravitas of sure. that fight scene in that moment. Yes, the Qui Gon Darth Maul scene is great. I had a hard time not talking Yoda Dooku. Sure. From well, Sagariate we might Clones. and Yoda. We, we might talk Yoda fight. Dooku.
3: We can
0: because because
2: we're not done with Scott's eight slice fight nights. Ooh, good segue. This is going to become a regular segment. You're on the hook, not Scott. We're Happy gonna, to help. We're gonna be we're gonna be doing this on the regular, yeah. along with along with some of our other stuff, like Nerd Alerts and Deed Mount More. And we gotta get Brad back in for yeah. more book stuff. Right. Brad's right Book Corner. Brad's book yeah, we gotta think of a better Brad's name. Book Rhombus.
0: Rhombus. <laughs> <laughs> Brad's pile of books. Eight slice pile of books. It was like a Brad's stack of pi- books, Brad. Pi- Brad's <laughs> pile of books.
2: That one's funny. <laughs> I've read three All books right. since I saw you last. Let me tell you about them. Scott, thank you so much for bringing your Eight Slice fights to us. More where those came from. Definitely, we want more. So we want to thank you so much for being here. We also want to thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you, Brad, for being here. Thank you. Let us know what your favorite fight is. Is it, did you do Duel of Fates better? Do you like that one better? Let us know. Is there something we missed? We know there's a lot more kung fu out there, and Scott's gonna bring that when he I know that's gonna be happening. Are there fight scenes you want to hear our takes on? Yeah, definitely. Oh yeah, if there's fight scenes you want to hear our takes on, I'm sure Scott has seen them. So and has an opinion about them. Uh, yeah. I look forward to hearing it. I'm sure he does. Let us know on all our social medias at Assuming Pod, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, mostly Instagram because it has pictures, and we like pictures because pictures are fun. Uh, you can also Gmail us, assumingpositions at gmail.com. Okay. And every week, I ask Mikey, how would you like the Gmail formatted? But I'm not going to ask Mikey this week. I'm going to ask not Scott this week. How do you want the Gmail
0: formatted? I would like the Gmail formatted in Kung Fu movie whoosh sounds.
3: <laughs> there you go. I like it. Yes.
0: Every Kung Fu movie has whoosh sounds. We didn't get to one of those tonight, but yes. Uh, Those are a language in and of themselves, and I'd like to hear you talk it to me.
2: Okay. Um, Apparently he can translate that for us, so that'll work. There you go. So I just said, thank you. Uh, so we, we want to thank that guy, Brad, for being here and doing our announcing. Thank you. For we want to thank Not Scott Productions for our equipment and being here. Good to be with you. We want to thank Jazzar for our music. We want to thank you guys so much for listening. Go rate us five stars, thumbs up. We will see you guys next time with some more
3: fun content. Round one.
0: Fight. Flawless victory. Finish him.